lateness. Lenny's grandfather, Jesus. We lift him to you. We lift him to you, Jesus. We lift him to 
you, Father. Pray that you would intervene, that you would heal, Jesus. You would comfort the family around, Lord, because the worrying and the anxiety does not help in the situation, Father. If anything, it heightens our our symptoms and our circumstances, Father. So we pray for an ease of mind, Jesus, for everyone in the family, Father, as the as the elder of the family, as the grandfather, the one who is the head of the family, Father, that he would be healed, Jesus. He would be encouraged, Lord, that he would be lifted, Lord, that he would not be shaken, Father, that he would not be shaken, Lord, that he would rest knowing that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the, the King of all creation is, is taking care of him that you're so powerful, you're so wonderful, Lord, that you get to take care of him individually, Father. Yes, you're the God of the universe, Lord, but you are his God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for how you're going to help there, Lord, for what you're going to do, Jesus. We are excited for the miracles to come, Father. We are excited for the miracles to come, Father. We thank you, Jesus. That your will would be done in this situation, Lord Jesus. That, Lord, it is by what that we are healed. It's our faith, Father. So we pray for a mighty faith, Jesus, in the whole family, in Lenny's grandfather, Lord, that their faith would be what heals them, Lord. Not because of their works, not because of their righteousness, Lord, but their faith in you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that there would be no questioning why, Lord. There wouldn't be any questioning, you know, why is this happening? Why is this happening to my grandfather? Or him asking, why is this happening to me, Lord? But it would be, Jesus, all right, show me. Show me your goodness. Show me how you're going to get me out of this. What, what needs to happen, Lord? Lord, I pray that the family is led in what they're supposed to do and the decisions to be made, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Stephen, would you uh, care to pray for your brother Shane? He was on my heart.
Praise and what of all. 
Let heaven on in Come rest 
rest on us. So calm down, spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. Calm down, spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, When you feel the room, you're 
in him. 
my soul. It is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Go ahead. So just um, <clears throat> something I've been thinking about lately. Just uh, this is, has been a thing, probably weeks now. Just like uh, I was reading a book by J.R. Well, I'm starting. To, it's, it, it's inspired off the book J.R. Packer, uh, Weaknesses the Way. And I might have talked about this last week too. I might have talked about it on the phone. Yeah. But, uh, I was just thinking about, I think, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And so I'm going to read it. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to take the birth control. <laughs> the, weird, the weird thing is that I said this whenever, whenever I was at work. It was supposed to remind me of something to do later. But then when it went off yesterday, I said it for the next three days, it went off, and I didn't know what it was for. So I'm trying to figure out what it's for every time it goes off now. You said second Corinthians what? I think I'm going to start it. vision in this storm. <clears throat> so this is just, you know, talking about, you know, boasting in his weakness, basically. So I must go on boasting. 
though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on by I will go on the visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. That's a whole other topic for another talk. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. He heard these things, he heard things that cannot be told, which by which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but I will boast on my own behalf. I will not boast except of my weakness. Though if I should wish to boast, I will not be like a fool, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it so that no one may think of more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan harassed me to keep me from being conceited, becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that I should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm actually strong. So That's been kind of the thing for me. Now, at first, I thought I was kind of re how it applies to me, I guess, and I guess really to everybody who's a believer, because I thought it was more so talking about like insult, like weakness as in a sense of just having things talked about you that you know make you feel weak. But it's talking about hardships, insults, it talks about, it, it categorizes all that. And so, it's been how it's affected, you know, just everything that I've been thinking about is just ironically, when God uses people, he never use, he don't always use people who are in the most high state of life. It's usually when people are low, is when God can actually flow through us, when God can actually use us as conduits. And it's very key to know that because he even says in James that he will not use he will not use a prideful heart, but a broken and contrite spirit. Mm -hmm. He will not use a broke, uh, prideful heart, but a broken, contrite spirit. And, you know, doing this Walmart overnight thing, I've been kind of thinking about just how, you know, up there, obviously when I first got there, I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of, you know, trying to get used to the whole flow of things. And I was kind of using Walmart in a sense of that was okay <clears throat> that was making you weak that was making you weak but that wasn't the case huh. that wasn't the case at all it was on the contrary it was actually just me giving myself up giving my time just talk on the phone giving my time just the uh what's up man it was my time just letting people like just tell me to do this, tell me to do that, tell me to do this, and knowing I didn't want to. It was just little moments like that, little hardships like that. Bills coming up because that's common to everyone, well, not bills because that's common to everybody. But the point I guess I'm making, I'm not really making a point. I don't know. No, you're good, I'm man. Just kind of rambling. It's good for you though. Uh, that. 
God uses your hardships to bring out his, his strength is perfected in your hardships. It's actually perfected. It goes comes in a full circle, full completion. And so I think sometimes, like, even in our prayer lives, it's like when we go through certain situations, I think it's kind of very critical that we analyze, okay, I know I need to get out of this situation. I know obviously it's hard, I know it's tough, but sometimes it's good to kind of just think, okay, how's this gonna bring glory? How's this gonna uh, affect the kingdom? How's this gonna go with its overall agenda? Like, how's that gonna have the mission? How's that gonna enhance the mission? What people are coming into my lives, coming into my lives that I never talked to before, that because of this, that it happened, that came to my life. Because even in Walmart, there's people I didn't really talk to that showed me that, another weakness, that I didn't really talk to a lot of people. I didn't really try to branch out. Branch out. Yeah. And now there's people from all over that I never, like I said, never would have talked to that are coming to me and talking to me. And it's not usually about Christ initially. It's not always about Christ. It's just, you know, they may be saying little things like, you don't know what you're doing or you don't know like what's going on. Like, why are you doing it like this? And everything mm -hmm. like that. You know, I get the job done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, and then it's actually kind of sometimes more so just poking in pride. Yeah. But people nevertheless, I know it's an opportunity you. right there. People are poking and prodding at you? Yeah. Okay. They and But I know it's a... Um, I know it's needed, though. I know it's yeah. that. I know at that moment, I know it's somehow, some way, I could be used as a conduit to ignite a fire. Because the thing about it is, that's what we're here for. Like yeah. we're here to di display God, but we got to remember how it works, how it operates. Because the kingdom's upside down. Yes, it's not. His strength is made perfect in weakness. The foolishness of God. As it says in First uh, Corinthians, as uh, Second Corinthians, in the beginning of that chapter, is strong. Uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than most men, mm -hmm. and the weakness of God is stronger than most men. And if His strength is made perfected in weakness, we don't necessarily. I'm not saying we strive. We're not making a masochist out of ourselves. I'm not saying go out here and try to kill yourself. I'm not saying try to go out here and just take insults. No, I'm mm -hmm. not saying that at all. But as they come in our lives, as we're going, always remember that because when you're able to show that fruit of the Spirit, when you're able to show that fruit of the Spirit really comes out when you're going through something that makes it, you know, like yeah. when you can't have patience unless you have been in a situation where you have patience. You really can't know joy unless you have pain. Yeah. You know. And so that's just a thought. And then you can't you can't pray for patience and then be upset when God's like, okay, well, here's a line you gotta wait in. Here's a line you gotta wait in. So I can't just say, okay, joy, you want joy. I'm gonna put you with the most miserable person, which is actually a good thing. Yeah. But I'm gonna put you with the most miserable person on the face of this earth, and you're gonna be disciple. You're gonna be his partner. You, he's gonna ask you about questions. He's gonna question you. He's gonna bug you. But that's gonna be the one I want you to invest in. Yeah. That's gonna be that could be your life's work. That could actually be your life's work right there. Just investing in that one person because. All, he tells us all of us to make disciples. Mm -hmm. He didn't say how. He just says as you go, meaning that it could be possible a day from here. You can go to Taco Bell if you need somebody. Yeah. You can go to uh, the gas station. You can go to uh, Harvest Chapel on Tuesday. You could go 
to Grace Slap on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, we're not Grace, we're Grace, Grace Slap in general. Yeah. Um, point is, <clears throat> it's as you're going along. Somebody can come in the YMCA. Yeah. I recently found God in an atheist home. Found God in an atheist home. Yeah. You can find somebody invested in an atheist home. Because I will tell you the truth. <clears throat> you want to, and that's another thing. If you want to get close to God, discipleship. Yeah. That's, that's, right. yeah. that's the best way because. There's no such thing as a recluse Christian. There's no such thing as a person that bottom. Like you can't do Christianity by by yourself. Saw a post on Facebook this week that said there's no such thing as a non-practicing Christian. There's no no such thing. When you're a Christian, you're always practicing. Like it's all it's ongoing. It's ongoing relationship. Yeah. And that's something that's been kind of hitting me because I've always <clears throat> cherished my time, my alone time, and so I'm having to out of that day by day it's not easy because again I like my recluse I like my alone time which is good to have a long time that's not saying that it's bad but my eyes are hurting guys I'm sorry no you're good my eyes are hurting now <laughs> sorry bro <laughs> but um I think we we uh um, sorry bro did you shave a lot of you did another thing. I'm sorry, that's a lot. So I've been having this thought. Uh, and I think it needs a rebuke. And I usually don't have I try not to have thoughts like this because I think it's not great. And I I have kind of rebuked it, but I'm gonna throw it out here just to let you know I had it. Yeah. I had a thought that I might be going to court. I don't know why. Hmm. And it's kind of it bothers me a little bit. Is there anything that you could possibly be going to court for, like in your life that you going to court for? Yeah. Well, well, never mind. I do know why. That that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. The um. Is it a for sure fact, or it's just a thought in your head? It's just a thought in my head. That's yeah. Then I mean, I don't know. Maybe they take it to anything negative. I guess it's kind of logical to think like that. But why would you not think yeah. glass half full if you can? If it's not even. I have something small. Go ahead. Oh, I had to write it down because I can't think. I can't you, think while you're I'm good. talking. You're good. Okay. Um, so I think that the world creates games. Like in every facet of your life, things become a game. So like, school is a game. You do good. You make good grades. You know you're scored a certain way. Your teachers will praise you and lift you up. Your friends will praise you. You know, you're in higher class, AP classes, whatever. They'll lift you up. You go, you go to um, work. Will gets a six-hour job done in two hours. His bosses might give him a bonus. People around him will think, "Wow, Will's a good worker. He has a million Milwaukee pools." <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. And then, in in life, you start looking up. You know, like he has ten years of experience. Uh, give him like about an hour. Uh, he has he. he you know, give him this position because he's a bachelor's degree. It's like things, ha- like which are good things, but like it becomes a game. But the thing about Jesus is it doesn't matter if you've been loving him for five minutes or five generations. He will bless you as if you are the son he sent to die for you. The one sent even if you don't have any experience. So I think it's important not to look around in flesh, but to look up in spirit. Don't put yourself in the new Christian category, but in the eternal life category instead. So, like, I, I'm kind of, like, insecure because I've been doing this since September 21st. 
but I'm no different than you or Will or anyone else. You and know what I mean? Best, and, and the best part about this is that you get to have your cake and eat it too, because not only do you have that, but then you still get the blessings from maturity. Yeah. Whenever you get maturity, you also get those. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like best of both worlds. Yeah, so you can't lose pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that that made me think about was like, you just said maturity, but how do we become mature through adversity? And when he was talking about Corinthians, and I think that the reason that he was saying both your weaknesses, because when you talk about your weakness, you reveal it to yourself and you give yourself something to work on. So it's self-inflicted adversity that comes with a positive effect. And I've come to find out that, like, so I'm a recovering addict, right? So my mind gets eaten alive constantly, especially when I don't get any sleep. And I was telling Matt about this thing last night. It was one night at jujitsu, and I was like, you know, I want to be the world champion. I want to be the best fighter. But I was like, if God doesn't want me to be the best fighter, then I don't want to be the best fighter. I want to be what God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so I was on two days, no sleep, maybe three hours in two days. Could not move, and I was like crying on the mat because my thoughts are eating me alive, and I'm trying to pray my way out of it, and I can't. And I've got a puddle. I've covered my head up with my gi so nobody yells like, you know, looking at me. And uh, then I was like, God, if this is meant for me, you know, adversity reveals a man to himself. And I asked God, reveal myself to me, you know. So I could barely move. I, I was like, could kind of walk, but I crawled over to my bag. I got my mouthpiece, but I couldn't watch the techniques. So I was like, but I'm going to try to roll with these guys at the end of class. We're going to see. I said, God, if this is for me, show me. And it was amazing. Like, I couldn't bear, I no muscle strength whatsoever. And I was going with guys that I'd never submitted before, and I caught like 27 submissions that night. I, I wasn't even counting. I was just slapping chokes and arm bars on people like it was nothing i was like i can't even move i was like wow it's all him yeah so adversity reveals a man to himself and in adversity when you go to god he will reveal a version of yourself that you didn't know you had can you say that quote again one more time adversity adversity reveals a man to himself because it's easy to be the man when everything's going your way yeah. it's easy to be going to be the man when life's going good, but can you be the man and can you do what you're supposed to do when your life is terrible? When you've got nothing to hope for? When there's no gain for anything? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna keep working? Or are you just gonna sit back on the couch and be like, oh man, my life's terrible? Or are you just gonna keep going? Like, well, I got faith. You know, you know, uh, what, you know what they say, uh, the light is, uh, what do they say? The, well, the night is darkest just before the dawn. Bro, it's so crazy. What? I don't know. Just so wild. Everything's so wild. Yeah. Just got everything that everybody's just said in the last 10 minutes has been so wonderful. Yeah. Dude, it's just so wild. You want to share about, kind of, um, you said that three people have told you the same thing? Oh, yeah. That I'm supposed to be broken. That was, like, basically what they've said. Spiritually broken. So, like, I guess there's, I, I don't know. I can't make sense. If anyone has any good ideas. What do you mean? But so, I, it, well, I just probably just shared that with you too. Yeah, well, it was. I just shared that with you too. It, it was. I'm trying to think of exactly how people said it to me, but they said it the same way. Yeah. All three so times. I told you last night on the phone. I said something that I've been praying recently is God break my heart for what breaks yours. Yes. Yes. And then Garrett's not here because of sin, obviously. But <laughs> the pastor at Harvest, Brad, which is where we're at now. Yeah. Is is Brad? Yeah. And I went up to him after the service just because I'm like the most, because I'm going to be cocky and say that I'm the most straightforward person of all time. 
usually by hand. Yeah. One of, if not the. The. Yeah. I'm kidding. But uh, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I, whenever I'm, I feel like I'm witnessing or uh, being a disciple or whatever, like talking to people about God, I can feel the Holy Spirit like immediately. Not, you know what I'm saying? But yes. Whenever yes, it comes to getting in the word and prayer I and praise and worship even, I just lack. It's so hard for me to focus. It's so hard for me to stay consistent with it every day. I, I do every day but not as many times a day, as long as I should and stuff like that. And then at the end of his prayer, the first thing he said was, don't study the word, delight in the word, which is like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But he said, what did you say? Uh, break my heart for what breaks yours. Yeah. So like, I think there's some, I, my heart just needs to be softened. Like, I just feel like I'm cold. To people, and that's kind of like what I said whenever I first came to committed. Yeah. You need vulnerability. Is what yes, that's exactly the word I've been looking yeah. for: is vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. To him. Yeah, yeah. So one one thing that when I was on like like the start of this journey was like I had to realize that prayer is not for God; it's for me. Yeah. Be- because like God already knows everything that like we're gonna say to Him and what's going on in our lives, but prayer is for us, not just for Him. So, like, I had to realize that, like, the things that I pray actually matter. And the more that I get it out to him, the more that he can do with it. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me because I've been trying to pray that prayer because I've, like, seen myself, like, go through, like, a drive through or go through, like, my daily drive to and from school or work. And I'll see, like, a homeless person. I'm like, oh, man, that's sad. But, like, Braden was talking to me the other day. And he was like, dude, I see homeless people and I weep and I cry because it's like, I want to help them so bad, but there's nothing I can do except for pray for them at that moment. And I'm like, dude, like that's the heart that God has for every single person on on this earth. And I was like, I am very jealous because I I had that, but my heart's not like that. And like, don't, I'm I'm not beating myself up, but at the same time, it's like, I want to pray that prayer because I want my heart to be like that. Yeah. Like when I see those people, like I want to weep and I want to cry because I want to do everything I possibly can do to help them. I have the total opposite of that. Do what? I have the opposite of that. Of what? When I see a homeless person. You? What do you mean? They all need that crack answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, what? Over time, I'm like, it's not that hard to make money unless you're. Over time, your heart must be So, so this it reminded me of a uh, devotional I did once. And one of the um, the pray it was talking about dangerous prayers. It's by Craig Rochelle. If you haven't done it, um, and one of the prayers is "Break me." So like you're praying and asking the Lord to break you and to break the things that are not like of Him. Um, so I, if you guys don't care, I'm, it's really really short. I'm gonna read it. Um, so the, it's "Break me," and it says it's fine to pray for safety and blessings, but what if you want more? What if you desire power from the Holy Spirit? strength from heaven, and unshakable faith, genuine intimacy with your Father. Instead of just asking God to keep you safe, give you more, and protect your life, you may have to ask God to break you. Anybody else agree with that? When I think about praying this prayer, Lord, break me, I think about the experience Amy and I once had in our small group, that's his wife, on a blustery, cold Wednesday night in January, We sat around a warm and cozy room with seven or eight other couples talking about this exact dangerous prayer. We agreed we all wanted to pray it and mean it, but couldn't deny being afraid of the consequences. 
Yes, Jesus. The first woman who spoke took the possibility seriously, but acknowledged her struggles. A loving wife and mother of four, she had followed Jesus faithfully since she was a sophomore in high school. She served in the kids' ministry at church, tithed faithfully, helped foster children, attended a weekly Bible study, and often volunteered to pray out loud in groups. But when confronted with the uh, option of asking God to break her, she refused. Sorry, but I've got to be honest, she said. I don't want to ask God to break me. I'm afraid of what will happen. I'm a mom with four kids. I love them too much. Asking God to break me is simply too scary for me to even pray. What if I get sick or depressed or pulled away from my family? Yeah, this is my least favorite prayer to pray. That's why I stopped praying it. Just being vulnerable and transparent and true. Uh, most other people in the small group nodded in agreement. But my question then remains the same for all of us today. What are we losing by clinging to our comfort? What are we losing by clinging to our comfort? What are we missing out on because we're so committed to avoiding pain and discomfort? Jesus said, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find me. Matthew 16, 25. Jesus isn't inviting us to a life of comfort and ease, but one of surrender and sacrifice. Our highest desire shouldn't be for our will to be done, but for his will to be done. And Jesus is inviting us to die to our own lives so we can live moment by moment, day by day for him, to leave our cozy living rooms in safe prayers and order to know what it means to be broken for the sake of others. God, what a word. To leave our cozy living rooms in safe prayers in order to know what it means to be broken for the sake of others. Yeah, That's, that's being selfless right there. Asking God to break you for somebody else. But playing it safe, we risk missing something far more precious than our security and comfort. We don't realize what blessings might be on the other side of God's breaking. Luke said, And Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Luke twenty-two nineteen. Almost all Bible scholars agree that Jesus' instructions to do this provides believers a way to remember, honor, and celebrate his death and resurrection. But some believe that Jesus do this also refers to how we are to live. What if Jesus wasn't just talking about a ritual that we do occasionally at church? What if he was also inviting us to be broken and poured out daily? What if we had the courage, the audacity, the faith to pray, God break me? Well, that's kind of the point of a ritual. The point of a ritual is a very tiny participation mm-hmm. in a whole bunch in a whole bunch of realities at once, including that one. Yeah. Um, it, it actually does form you the more you do it. Yeah. Um, and if you and the more you do it correctly, um, it's just it's just because because they don't take immediate effect, and because not everybody you know is actually formed the correct way us modern people like to throw it out because yeah. we don't understand how that yeah. kind of stuff works yeah it uh, kind of reminds me of like you know like if you want to work out and you get in shape and you go to the gym once and you see nothing you're like man this doesn't work yeah yeah instead of trusting the process and hoping we don't just remember jesus during holy communion at church we remember him and how we live our daily lives because jesus body was broken 
because his body was poured out for us, we too should live daily for him, broken and poured out. This may not sound appealing at first glance. Not at all. It's kind of like we were literally talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I literally said that Yeah. The, the spirituality, like God, everything is ugly. Yeah. Like it's not attractive to the world at all. Yeah. But once you get to know him, it's the most beautiful, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. This may not sound appealing at first glance. Who wants to be broken? Who wants to be poured out? That sounds painful at best and miserable at worst. But it's in the giving of our lives that we find true joy. Rather than pursuing our will, we surrender to his. Instead of trying to fill our lives with all that we want, we empty our lives to make a difference in the lives of others. True brokenness before God isn't a one-time event. It's a daily decision. Yeah. Paul said, I die daily. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 15:31. What does that mean? Every day he chose to crucify his own desires so he could live for God only. If you have the courage to pray this prayer, get ready. Get ready to know God and be known by God in a way you've never experienced before. You can play it safe, but my gut is you want more than that. I choose different. I'm a faith-filled, bet-the-farm, risk-taker. I will never insult God with small things or safe living. If there are blessings on the other side of brokenness, then break me. And then the... uh, the scriptures were Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew 26, 26. As they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Mark 14, 3 through 9. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, at meat I'm reading the KJV, I'm getting this crap out of here. Sorry. I need the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible, right? Oh, yeah. While he was in Bethany at home of Simon the leper, and reclining at the table, there came a woman with an alabaster vial of very costly perfume of pure nard. She broke this veil and poured it over his head. But some were indignantly remarking to one another, Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for over 300 denarii, and the woman given given to the poor. And they were scolding her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why? Leave her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you wish you can do good to them, but you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. Truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Luke 22. Um, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lastly, Psalm 34, 
18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Uh, never mind, there's Psalm 51, 17. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. We talked about that earlier. And one, one more thing that I wanted to share. And um, it talks, I was listening to a sermon today and the pastor was talking about how um, the Holy Spirit is uh, sometimes referred to as a dove. And the dove, like the bird itself, has nine feathers on one wing and nine feathers on the other wing. So that represents the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And then it also has five feathers on, um, on its tail, and those represent the fivefold ministry. And so when the Holy Spirit came and rested on Jesus, it was a representation of all of that. And now we have the Holy Spirit in all of us. And I thought that was really interesting and really cool. But the next thing is what really got me. And he said, the one thing that Jesus was going to need in his life after everything that he was going to suffer, after everything that he was going to face, the dove is the only bird in the world that will actually um, like swaddle its, its baby and its child. There's no other bird that swaddles their child like the dove does. And then uh, the dove is also the only other, is one of the only birds that coos over their child as well. And that relates just to scripture, that the father is always having us in his arms and he's also always singing over us. So it just is so sweet to know that we sang rest on us because we need that peace. We need him singing over us because if we don't have that and we're praying, Lord, make me weak so you're strong. Lord, break me. We're not going to have any peace. And we have to have that peace while we're being broken. So, I mean, we can sing after, but I, I just wanted to pray, uh, and you guys can all agree with me, but yeah. just, Lord, Lord, break me. Lord, break my heart for, for what breaks yours. Yeah, um, I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be all right with you that um, we turn the lights back off and we yeah, play fine. and sing, and um, I think that this can be an individual thing. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Anybody that, you know, wants to wants to pray that prayer and get on their knees, you know, if we want to use the edge of the stage and yeah, make it an altar. And I think this is a time to step out in faith for the people that want to be broken. And, you know, it's not just a, a collective thing to, you know, yeah. us take home with us. It's let's, you know, let's get broken, let's die. Yeah, you know, it's like, who wants to die? Yeah, go ahead. If you turn off the lights. You just cut the lights, you go out, and we'll just be singing. And anybody wants to make an altar of the stage, that little part right there. And I don't know about you guys, but I've already died, but I want to die again. Amen. That's that dying daily. And if somebody feels like they can go and pray with Steve, you pray. There's freedom in dying.
also brought that olive branch, right? And that olive branch is what creates the oil. And how do you get oil from crushing and from pressing and being broken? So the only way that you have the oil in your life is when you go through the crushing season and the pressing season. And the crushing and the pressing and the waiting.
Bobby Parker. Worthless Kalanick. Parker, let us know when you make a whole name. Love you, bro. So the Lord gave me a couple of other things to share as well. Um, and he said, if we're called to do living sacrifices, there's only one way to be that. It's by bro- being broken and be like dying daily. Gave me a question, and he said, "Do you want to be on fire for God?" Yo, all my life, all my life, bro, all my life. I had a vision. I had a vision. I don't know why, of my house burning down. Like I don't know. Come why. on, man. I feel the Holy Spirit as why. you say that, bro. I, I I just got done cooking, and I was like. Is going to be on in fire yeah, yeah. to the Lord. But uh, what 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 he what he was saying was like the question was, do you want to be on fire for God? And like raise your hand, like I, everybody should want to be on fire for God. And the only way to be on fire for God is to be a living sacrifice. And he reminded me that like back in uh, the old covenant. When you were a sacrifice, there had to be fire to burn up the sacrifice, right? So if we're supposed to be a living sacrifice and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit with what? Fire. The only way that we can be on fire for the Lord is if we lay our lives down on the altar of life. That's the only way you can be on fire for God. So how how do you get to be on fire for God? You lay your life down. You pray every day, Lord. myself daily. Lord, use me as a living sacrifice. And when you're laying your life down, that is the only way fire can come in your life constantly. Because he has to consume something. What does scripture say he is? Scripture says that he is an all-consuming fire. So he's literally looking for people to consume. So if you want to be consumed by God completely, lay yourself down. So currently I'm going to pray for you and your down, Father, so that they can be consumed with the all-consuming fire. Father, I pray and ask, Lord, that that vision is not just a vision for His house, literally, but it's for the house of God, globally, Jesus, that the house of God will be on fire, that every single person will finally take a a, a glimpse of what they're supposed to be, and that glimpse is being a, a, a living sacrifice laying their lives down so that you can consume us 
Your word says, Jesus, that the, that the earth is moaning and groaning for the manifestations of the sons and daughters to rise. Father, Lord, if we sacrifice ourselves, you are just and you are worthy to let us be resurrected again in you. Father, your scripture says that we're not just co-buried, co-crucified, but we're also co-raised. So we have been resurrected every single time that we lay our life down, Jesus. We're already resurrected and we're seating at the right, we're seated at the right hand of the Father. So Jesus, I pray and ask that for Kirby and everyone that listens to this prayer, Jesus, that we would we would live as living sacrifices so that we would be burned up by you, Jesus. That the all-consuming fire would burn everything up. Do you want to know how you stop being an, an addict? Do you want to know how you stop doing the things that you want to you don't want to do? You want to know that how you stop saying the things you don't want to say? You get that stuff that's inside of you. You burn it all up. You get it completely done. You get it burnt to a crisp. You get it purged out of you. That's the only way. It's when you're a living sacrifice, all those things that you don't want in your life go away. Because the Lord will burn it all up. And the only thing that will be left is Him. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. That's our prayer, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing. All you have given me. One through five, First Peter five one through five, and now a word to you who are lead, uh, who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder, uh, a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I too will share in His glory when He is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you: care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. So we're a part of one big great flock, which is the church. But I think whenever He says it right there, He says, "Watch." over the flock that has entrusted to you. That's like your close-knit close, close -knit circle of friends yeah. or the group at work or people at YMCA or, you know, people you fight with or hang out with or whatever. People that's what I'm trying to call you at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I need a ride right now. That, that, you that, that's your flock of people. Because uh, we're all leaders. Even if you're yeah. not necessarily a leader in that friend group, that's when you can be a leader then is whenever you're, he's entrusted you with a flock of people. Yeah. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. That is something I've struggled with with my best friend Josie recently. Because it, whenever we argue and I try to say scripture, it's kind of like, I'm just saying this because maybe someone else has to deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's because she thinks that I'm trying to be more Jesus than her. But in reality, I, I'm really not. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm being honest, that's how it is. And, uh, uh, not grudgingly. There are so many things that I've had to forgive her and a lot more that she's had to forgive me for. Um, don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Amen. It's like the only time in every translation. Uh, what, what translation is this? NLT. It says the great shepherd. That's just like, I don't, is there a lot of other places in the Bible where he's called the great shepherd? A couple other places, but... But it's just super many. sick to me. You will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. 
And the same way, you who are younger must accept the, the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Yeah. You can only be humble if you're broken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, I mean, that, that great shepherd is, I mean, he, you called us shepherds, right? I mean, a leader is a shepherd, you know? So we're shepherd to so many different people, but he's the great shepherd to yeah. us. Can I have my uh, highlighter back? Oh, I took it out of the little store. You stole it. Yes, you did. I think my fat robes have sold me. I don't know where it's at. with the British accent. My dad was born in England. My grandma's British. So you're doing it wrong. Oh, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was also appropriate for my accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, basically, if we're, so if we're going to throw uh, baseball off the elephant that's laying down asleep, I think that uh, there's not a single shot in the world that half actually everything you said tonight that I would have if I didn't know who Jesus was I would have bet a million dollars that you wouldn't say it from the first time that I met you and whenever you came to the, the campfire there's literally it's there's no way you would have without God yeah like there's just there's just no way there's no way I would have got a paramour without God exactly That's literally what the 12 step program is is give up your life to God admit you have a problem and Ask him to remove all your faults. Yeah. The only reason the NA book says higher power, power greater than yourself, is so that atheists can get sober. Yeah. It's literally find God, have him get you sober. Transcend self, don't serve self. And earlier when you guys were talking about sacrifice, lay down your life. What do you mean by that, lay down your life, right? What do we mean when we say lay down our life? What we mean is, we mean sacrifice to our self-pleasure. When there's an action that we want to take, ask yourself, does this serve self or does this serve God? Yo, calm down, and calm any down. Action Say that again really quick. Say that again. What? What you said about, like, what do you mean by, like... Lay down your life. What do you mean by lay down your life? They mean lay down your self-serving pleasures. Do not serve self. When you serve self, you... You degrade. You do not progress. When you sacrifice self-pleasure, you elevate. When you elevate, you get closer to God. You can live right under him, right under him. When you lay down all of your self-pleasures and you don't serve self and you you take action that is uncomfortable, you live in the discomfort so that you can grow and become the person that is better for this world and you know that yes I'm uncomfortable, no I'm not serving myself, I'm not pleasurable but I'm creating a person that is better for this world and my purpose is to become the man that God wants me to be so that I can deliver that person to all the people that interact with me. Yeah. That is that is life's purpose. That's awesome man. Yeah. That, that was a great definition bro. So you can't just say God I lay down my life for you. You have to lay down your self pleasure. <laughs> Do not serve self. Self is evil. I was going to say that. Piggyback off what you said. I actually can give a definition of what you what you just said about uh, you know laying down yourself. Because in Romans 12, 1 and 2, y'all familiar with this verse, I'm sure. I appeal to you, brothers, therefore, to present your bodies by the name Anyways, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, 
and perfect. And so present your bodies as willing sacrifices by holy acceptable service, holy acceptable service, which is your spiritual worship. That's actually your worship. That shows your worship to God yeah. by actually serving the up. The work instills the work. Amen. Exactly. Bro, what are you on, bro? Like, what? Where are on you Jesus, homeboy. <laughs> you literally right now. Like, what are you watching? Like, what is even coming out of your mouth? Like, I, I don't even understand. Like, but see, like I understand it. It's just crazy to comprehend that it's, it's you know. So, you know what I mean? This, I, this is me in rehab, being miserable and withdrawn, figuring out my mind. That's that's what it was. It's good. It was like, it's good. And it's good for you. So when Paul says that, that's his appeal to the brothers. After Romans one to eleven, he presented all that information. You know, God shows no partiality. We're all seeing and fall short of the glory of God. The right, therefore, faith came by. Therefore, faith came by the righteousness of God. All those points presented go to this big therefore in Romans twelve. Therefore, because of all these realities, because of all the things that God blessed us, because of all the sins that we were in before God resurrected us out of the dead, therefore, brothers, because you wrestle with the flesh daily, because we keep, because therefore there's no condemnation for those for who are believer. in Christ yep. Jesus, therefore, because of all those points, present, I beseech you, brethren, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. sacrifice. And then 1 Peter 5, 10 says... That when you do present yourself as a living sacrifice, he will perfect you. Yeah. The, the entire verse says, be, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, Will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Amen. Boys, what a wonderful night. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen.